presented by Amazon. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghu Munavalan. It's Thursday. Today's show, Kevin McCarthy plays good cop, bad cop within the House GOP. It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. On Friday, after a group of seven House conservatives issued a public letter outlining the demands that GOP leader Kevin McCarthy would need to meet to win their support in his bid for speaker, allies of McCarthy quietly reached out to several moderate Republicans with the request, according to sources familiar with the conversations. The Freedom Caucus rabble-rousers had reiterated their demand that McCarthy restore a now 200-year-old, now infamous House rule known as the motion to vacate, which allows any one member to force a House-wide vote to oust the Speaker at any moment. McCarthy's allies wanted the centrists to push back hard on the proposal, which the Speaker hopeful fiercely opposes. If they did, McCarthy would be able to point to their opposition, say his hands are tied, and refuse to give in to conservatives' demands. Fast forward to this week. On Tuesday, the centrist Republican governance group, which boasts 50 members, far more than the Freedom Caucus's three dozen or so, agreed in its weekly lunch that it would oppose conservatives' proposed rules changes, news that leaked to Leanne Caldwell and Theodore Meyer from the Washington Post on Wednesday morning. A few hours later, some members of the governance group met with McCarthy to double down on that position, as CNN's Melzanona reported. But the backstory of the moderates' flux, reported here in Playbook for the first time, and especially the McCarthy camp's quiet encouragement of their opposition, provides a rare window into the strategy McCarthy will employ to try to get the gavel, and also how he will likely govern if he does. By using moderates as a critical tool for countering conservatives, McCarthy appears to be carefully positioning himself to say to his right flank, sorry, your own colleagues won't support such a demand. Having them play so-called bad cop on anything from the motion to vacate to possibly a future debt ceiling showdown could set McCarthy up to be seen as the good cop, a reasonable dealmaker trying to find a path forward between warring factions. But just because there's a political calculus at play doesn't mean the moderates aren't genuine in their opposition to restoring the motion to vacate. Far from it, Playbook spoke to three such GOP lawmakers recently who blasted the idea. Representative Kelly Armstrong told Playbook, People are very much concerned about descending into chaos. Representative Don Bacon, We don't want the future speaker to have a gun to their head on every tough vote. Representative Lisa McLean told us there are what she calls better ways to ensure accountability, including allowing a vote of no confidence against their leader if needed. McLean said, at the end of the day, we need to focus on real issues that the American people are facing. It just doesn't seem very productive. McCarthy himself is also publicly making the case against the rules change, which in recent history conservatives used as leverage against speakers John Boehner and Paul Ryan. During a Newsmax segment with Sean Spicer early this week, he argued that if the rule were restored, Democrats might try to use it as retribution after he kicks Representatives Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, and Ilhan Omar off their committees, as he's promised to do. Technically speaking, House Republicans addressed this issue a few weeks ago, adopting parameters that would require 50% or more of the GOP conference to agree to hold a vote 
ousting a speaker before bringing it to the floor. But clearly the question is far from settled, and in recent days, it's become the center of gossip in Republican circles. Many believe that there will be some sort of negotiation, whereby McCarthy will have to lower the threshold to trigger the vote to 40 or 30 percent. In fact, Politico's Jordan Carney and Olivia Beaver scooped Wednesday night that Representative Andrew Clyde, one of the seven conservatives who signed Friday's letter, is one such member seeking a compromise, which is good news for McCarthy, who is said to be open to such a deal. Here's the question, though. When does McCarthy offer a deal? While some have encouraged McCarthy to just bite the bullet and broker a compromise, there is a give a mouse a cookie fear that if he negotiates right now, conservatives will just move on and demand more in the weeks remaining between now and the January 3rd speakership vote. The entire dynamic illustrates that even if McCarthy wins the gavel, he's going to be pulled between two factions of his conference that disagree more ferociously on strategy than on policy itself. While conservatives are expected to embrace shutdown fights and debt ceiling brinksmanship, the larger group of pragmatists will want to govern. Yet, the reality is the complicated dynamic actually helps McCarthy by giving him a group of centrists to point to as a reason he can't endorse conservative demands, enabling a good cop, bad cop approach. Whether that will help him win the gavel and help him navigate a tricky, narrow margin next Congress is another story. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 11.05 a.m. Eastern, Biden will depart the White House to head to the U.S.-Africa Summit Leaders Session. There, he'll participate in a session on partnering on the African Union's Agenda 2063 at 11.15. Agenda 2063, by the way, is a strategic framework for the socioeconomic transformation of the continent over the next 50 years. At 3.35, Biden will head to the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit closing session on promoting food security and food systems resilience. And at 8 p.m., Biden will depart the White House to head to Newcastle, Delaware, where he's scheduled to arrive at 9.05 p.m. Vice President Kamala Harris will participate in the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit working lunch on multilateral cooperation at 2 p.m. The House will meet at 9 a.m. with last votes expected at 3 p.m. Speaker Nancy Pelosi will hold her weekly press conference at 10.45. The Senate is in today. CFPB Director Rohit Chopra will testify before the Banking Committee at 10 a.m. All right, for more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Raghu Munavalan. Have a good Thursday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. All employees should have the opportunity and tools to grow their careers, regardless of where they start. That's why Amazon offers 10 different programs designed to help employees advance their careers and move into higher paying roles within Amazon. Learn more at aboutamazon.com.